The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. When we heard that Integrity wanted to team up with us and they're going to bring us like the, the best artists in the world. Mm-hmm. And Holly, you're like, this is, this is phenomenal. I'm like, yeah. I wonder, I wonder who's actually going to say yes to us. I know. I thought the same thing. I'm like, they'll be like, Hey, do you guys want to talk to some, some Canadian? No, no, no cool. No, no. <laughs> do you want to, no, no. Oh, it wasn't even, wasn't even an option, but 280 <laughs> plus episodes into this thing. And, uh, we finally got Sarah Kroger to say yes. Oh my gosh. Please. Why did it take so long? Please. I would say yes any day, anytime. You can put it on your calendar. I'll be awesome. here. The goat is on way. <laughs> does does one introduce you? Like, how would you want to be introduced? Because yeah. I would like worship leader, singer, songwriter, uh ama- like does is it okay to say amazing, Sarah, or is that too much? <laughs> Uh, you can introduce me however you like. I've been introduced all kinds of ways. Sometimes, you know, when, when someone reads like your whole bio before you get on stage, sometimes you're like, I cannot live up to that. I don't, I don't know what to say. Why don't we make you do the heavy lifting and we'll, when we'll do this. And that is Sarah, who are you and where did you come from? I love that. Um, I was born in New Jersey, uh, I was born in Camden, New Jersey, but grew up in Florida. So I'm a Floridian, Mm. the exact opposite of Canada. I mean, hot, humid all the time, no snow. I uh, live in Nashville now, though. Um, Grew up in a musical family. Parents both involved in music ministry from the time that I was a kid. And so always been super musical. Um, But now I get to lead worship and sing songs and write songs uh, for Jesus and travel the world and and. Uh, lead those songs for people. So it's a pretty fun, beautiful, exciting life. One that I could never have planned for myself. But yeah, that's a little about me. Did you feel pressure to be in the the musical genre of your future career or did it just happen naturally? That's a great question. I definitely was forced to take piano lessons and voice Ah. lessons. Yeah. As a kid, uh, it was not a a question. It was not an option. It was, you will take (laughs) piano lessons (laughs) and you will be in them until high school at least. Uh, and then you can choose to do whatever you want. And honestly, I'm super grateful for that because it taught me discipline. It taught me, um, just showing up and, and how to practice and, uh, you know, having a musical talent is something that requires a lot of effort and focus and, uh, and practice really. And so it taught me a lot about life, like having to put in the time and do something that I really at the time was difficult sometimes and, and was tedious and wasn't always super fun. But now I'm super grateful for those foundations that I have because I literally do it for a living. So I'm grateful to my parents for sure for, forcing us to take lessons. And honestly, I mean, for the longest time, I was terrified to sing in front of people because I was bullied a lot in elementary school. Um, But I was forced to take voice lessons. And so I really am grateful for, like I said, those foundations in my life, because I I don't think that I would be uh, the artist that I am today without those things. Thank God you could sing though. Cause I mean, yeah. if, if like, if they put you in vocal <laughs> lessons for like 20 years and they're just like, you know what, Sarah, maybe you should be a doctor. I know. I mean, for, uh, for Holly and I, when, when it comes to, you know, if we did church together, whatever, we're in the back singing very, yeah. very low because the yeah. Lord just not some blessed with the gift of song, others blessed with the gift of gab. And that would be 
our area. Yeah. <laughs> when your kids are like terrified because you're singing, you know, maybe that wasn't your gifting. <laughs> Go to bed or I'll sing. Okay. 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 Mom, I'll leave my peace. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Please just don't sing. Don't put us through that again. <laughs> so it's a blessing oh for gosh. you. It is. It's a gift. I mean, I, and I, I know that, right? Like, I know that there's so many people on this planet that would love to be able to sing outside of the shower and not have people be like, ah, don't, don't do that. Um, and it is a gift to me. Like, it truly is like, my favorite thing in the world to do is sing. And so the fact that I get to do that for a living is truly like the greatest gift I could have ever received in the world. So I, I'll take that. I'll receive that. Thank God that I can sing. True. There's, truly. there's something about though, because you had said you were, you were, I'm not going to say forced, but you were forced to, you know, learn, learn how to play instruments, learn how to sing. Uh, but there's a point in time when you kind of like your faith where you find your voice. At what point did you realize or did you, were you able to find the voice of who Sarah is? Wow. That's a pretty loaded question because I think it's something that I'm continually learning uh, as I get older. I'm 35 now, but uh, for I would say for many, many years of my life, I was uh, searching for my voice. I was kind of using my voice based on what I thought other people wanted to hear from me, um, mm-hmm. both figuratively and and literally. Like there were times where you could even hear it in my recordings, like in my early recordings, whether it's my voice and my writing or my literal physical voice, like there's like a timidness about it. There's like a shyness, there's an unsurety. Um, and several years, I think that's, that's one of the things that's amazing about being an artist is you get to hear these moments in your life that like these moments captured in a recording of like, you gaining confidence or whatever season it is that you were walking through. Like, it's like this time capsule, you know? So each of my albums, I like consider like this time capsule moment of like literally hearing myself gain courage over the past couple of years and, and dive into um, some things that I really needed to be healed from, like doing Mm. some serious like therapy work, spiritual direction work over the last couple of years. And what's super exciting about it is I'm, I'm working on a new album now um, that I haven't even started recording yet, but the songs feel like they have the most me, the most of my voice that I've ever put into my writing um, in this group of songs. And so that's really exciting for me and freeing and, and beautiful. It's just a part of the process of blooming in life, I guess, and, and healing really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You said that you were a little shy, maybe an introvert growing up, yeah. which is near and dear to my heart. My oldest is an introvert. And so I'm like, how do you function? <laughs> <laughs> so like my journey as like someone who'd be an extrovert trying to yeah. relate to an introverted, kind-hearted soul. And I, it's just, I think introverts have such an incredible power that isn't nurtured in the same way when they're younger. Um, and you said that you were bullied. How did that experience of being shy and an introvert and having people not understand that about you impact you as you grew up? Mm. You know, I think what it ended up doing was putting me into a place of isolation for many mm. years of my life mm. um, and fear uh, because I was just scared to be myself. I I ended up hiding a lot because I just didn't want to be seen in order to for people to bully me, to tear me down even more. So I just yeah. like hid, 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 um, tried to stay as quiet as possible. And what that meant was that I hid my, my gift for music for many years. I just refused to 
to do it in front of anybody because I think at the time I wouldn't have been able to verbalize it this way, but I always knew that it was a gift in some way, shape or form. I, I knew that it was something precious in my life. And so because of that, I was just like, I do not want anyone to touch this part of my life. Uh, no one is allowed <laughs> to tear this down. Like they've torn me down. And so for years and years and years, I just hid, hid, hid. And then when I was in high school, um, a junior in high school is about 17 years old. I went to a youth conference and Matt Marr, a Canadian, a fellow Canadian was leading worship and it literally changed my life. I had never mm. heard contemporary worship before that moment. And it kind of gave me language through which to pray and communicate with God. And there was a leader on that retreat that was speaking to the whole group. It was as if he was speaking directly to me. And he said, if you have a gift from God and you're not using it, you're denying the glory of God within you. And I felt like a knife pierced me through. I mean, literally I felt called out by God in that moment. And I realized, oh, I've been allowing fear to keep me from sharing this gift with other people. And so I was convicted from that moment on. I started sharing um, my gift for song and, and leading worship at my church after that point. Did it make all the fear go away? Absolutely not. I was terrified. I probably sounded like a dying animal for the first year of singing <laughs> in front of people. You pick the animal. I probably sounded like it. You know, it was terrible. And I was terrified and I would shake from head to toe and sweat profusely. I mean, it was horrendous, but showed up time and time again, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, just saying yes to the Lord, because I knew that he was asking me to. And now looking back on it, I mean, if that moment hadn't happened in my life, I might be like an accountant or something like that. I might be doing something completely different because I was so terrified. I truly was. I would have allowed the fear to get in the way. And now to just look back on that and think about all the songs and all the places that I've gotten to lead worship and um, places that I've seen the Lord work. It's, it's insane. Truly. It's, it's crazy to think about the ways that we can let fear get in the way of God doing an amazing work. And so I'm super grateful that I was able to overcome that fear and super grateful that this is my life now, you know? You talk about looking back and, and part of this and the reason why we do, we have these conversations is because nothing is an overnight thing. Yeah. And so even when you come to the realization that, oh, God is stirring this in my heart, how long did it take you to finally start to recognize and see that? Because some people would hear that and be like, oh, Sarah, overnight fixed, like just like that. And yeah. because that's not the reality of it. No, I mean, we're all works in progress, right? I mean, up until this day, I'm like I said, I'm 35 years old. I've been doing ministry for the past 12 13 years. Um, and so you would think like, everything's good. Everything's solid. Everything's taken care of. And really only in the past couple of years, have I really gotten to the place where I feel free, uh, mm. in this space. And it really came from a book that changed my life called life of the beloved by Henry Nowen. Um, I read it when I was 30. And at that point in my life, I'd been married for a few years. I've been going through spiritual direction. I've been going through therapy for all intents and purposes on like a, a piece of paper. You'd be like, she's set. She's a, been a believer for a while. She's in ministry. She's good to go. And continually, I would just face wall after wall after wall. Every time I would get on stage and lead worship, the wall of comparison. Every time I would get into a writing room, the wall of like, I'm not as good as this person. I'm not as mm. good as that person. And this book came at the exact right time. And 
basically the whole idea is that we're bombarded by these voices every single day, the voices of society, the voices of lies that we believed, all this noise, this negative self-talk tape loop continually going on in our brains. What would it look like if we could, instead of living out of that noise, what would it look like if we could live out of the truth of our belovedness as children of God? And I realized in that moment, I was allowing the fears and the lies to dictate my life. I was allowing that to be my identity versus my true identity as a beloved child of God. And so really over the past five years only have I been on this really intentional journey of uprooting the lies and and rerooting myself in my identity as a beloved child of God. And it truly has changed everything. I mean, it really has. And it's really only been in the last couple of years, like I said, that this freedom has really taken shape in my life. And I am incredibly grateful for it. But yeah, it has taken a long time to get to this point. And it is truly a daily choice still to this day to not allow myself to go back to the old narratives and the the ways that I was believing these things about myself that were just not true, you know? Um, and so I guess I just want to say that for anyone who's out there who hears that, that that resonates with, like it's never too late to uproot yourself from those lies. It's never too late to figure out how to break free from that, that negative self-talk tape loop. It's no matter how old you are, you know, there's freedom that Christ wants to give us at every stage of our life, in my opinion. And how do we continue uh, searching for and finding that freedom? Uh, it's truly, I, I believe, self-awareness and and inviting the Lord into that process. We're going to talk about new music and that, but is that where the song Belovedness comes from? It is it's based on that book um, and that journey that I've been on. So it's one of those songs I think that I will be singing for the rest of my life. And I'm totally fine with that because it's a process that I'm going to be going through the rest of my life too. You've talked about the process of your life and it's the Why Me Project podcast. So before we jump into like upcoming exciting things, yeah. I, I do want to dive into what a Why Me moment has been for you because I don't know about you, but the more I dive into my past or the journey, the more I can see areas where I you know, I would be like, oh, why me? Why me? And it's a part of that, that healing process. So for you, what has been a why me moment that stands out? Yeah, I I really feel that because I kind of feel both. There's times where I am on stage leading worship and I'm like, how in the world did I get to do this? How in the world is it possible that I find myself in the UK, in New Zealand, on a stage leading worship for 20,000 people, on a stage leading worship for 15 people, like anything in between. It's such a humbling job to be in, truly. it It is like the most humbling that there is, I think, because every time I stand on stage, it's a different experience. It's a new experience. It's a new room of people. It's a fresh spirit in that space. There's songs that need to be sung in that moment that I could never have predicted. I could have, you know, been praying and planning a set list for months. And yet every single time that I go to do an event, it, we do something different because the Holy Spirit is just in control and it's not in my hands, literally. Mm -hmm. So every single time I show up to my job, it's, a moment of humbling because I can't do it myself. And it's mm. literally like I'm a co-creator with God in that space, in that moment of prayer, in that environment of prayer. Um, it's not up to me. It's literally my job to submit to the Holy Spirit in that moment. And so I would just say, yeah, that's, that's a lot of times when I ask why me, um, 
but it is, it truly like, for me, it's like such a gift because it reminds me in life that life is not in my control either. Control is an illusion. And so whether it's in my job or whether it's in my personal life or in my work, whatever it is, like I'm continually invited to submit myself and my will to the spirit and to, and to God's will, because that's the safest place for any one of us to be. And so I guess that's my why me moment is just continually in life. Like why me? How did I get to do this? But also Lord, thank you that I get to do this because it keeps me humble and it keeps me at your feet because I can't do it without you. We've had an opportunity to talk over the, over our radio careers with a a number of artists and what I love. And you even said it, there's times that it's in front of 20,000. There's times when it's in front of 15 and sometimes in front of the 15 can be just as impactful as in front of 20,000. And sometimes in front of the 20,000, it could feel like there's only 15 because we're all one body. Do you feel as though, I mean, worship each and every time that you're on stage is very different because the situation and scenarios are very different. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like new every time and that's always so surprising to me. Um, But if you really think about it, like it's never the same grouping twice. It's Mm -hmm. never the same exact people in the room. It's never the same exact songs in the room. It's always new. Every single time you are entering into a worship experience, it's always new. And so that's just like exciting. It's, it's a little bit frustrating for someone like me who wants to like, I have a a perfectionist side to me. So I like to be able to like follow a a certain pathway or, you know, like a certain chart of thinking or whatever. Um, And that's just not how the Holy Spirit works. Um, Even within like time constraints, sometimes there's like times where I get so frustrated by like a time clock on stage because I'm just like, man, I, I, I understand it. I get, we have a certain amount of time for a church service, whatever, but also like the Holy Spirit could do whatever he wants. You know, sometimes He's wild. You know, he can yeah. take us down a rabbit hole that none of us were ever expecting um, and bring some incredible moments of healing and restoration in the room. And so it's different every single time. And that keeps it fresh and exciting. And and hopefully we as worship leaders, as ministers can continue to submit to that, um, even in this day and age and and all the advances with technology and all the things in church, whatever, like hopefully we can continue to just be vessels and students of the Holy Spirit in all of our worship spaces. I'm glad that you actually mentioned how you mentioned that, because as somebody who likes to have specific things, when it comes to recording, do you like to record in a studio because it's kind of set, the parameters are there? Or do you like recording live because it is very different? And every time that you do it, as you had mentioned, is a very different time. (laughs) I... You know, I think each one has its pluses and minuses. I do love the studio because I love being able to kind of like be insular and just like find your time and, and get in there and just kind of like work things out and workshop different things. And sometimes with, with a live recording, you don't have as much time to like take risks or try different kinds of sounds out or arrangements or whatever. So that's, that's the benefit of studio time is you get just time, like ample time to just kind of have fun and experiment a little bit. But the live experience is for sure like an adrenaline that you don't Mm. get anywhere else because you have to get it right. Like normally with a live setting, you have like two, maybe three takes and that's it. Now you can always overdub whatever, but 
I really like to not, um, I really like to try to keep the moment, the moment. Um, and, and so that's been really fun for me. I've never done a live record before, but this record that I'm going to release is my first live record. And it was so exhilarating and exciting to just get into, into the studio with, with my band and perform the songs like we perform them live and literally just have a few takes and hope for the best. You know, it was just like really exciting and I'm really proud of how it turned out. I'm really proud of my guys and the way that they put their heart and soul into it and you can hear it in the recording and I'm just, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I guess I like both, both have their, their pluses and their minuses. So you've had the experience of being able to be live in studio and it's just it kind of shows like that next growth as an artist and trying in new things. And for someone who maybe doesn't always like to try new things or it's nice to have things in a certain way, how do you take this experience with this album and, and grow from there? Mm. You know, I think what I learned about myself is I'm not in the past. Okay. In the past, I haven't always been great about having fun with music. Mm which sounds ironic because I'm a musician full time. You know, it sounds like, oh, you guys must be having a ball all the time. You must just like <laughs> love it, you know. Um, but I think like anything, uh, like any job, it can just get mundane. You can just show up and kind of like push the right buttons and and kind of go through the motions. Um, but for me, what what the experience showed me is like, no, you should have fun with music. You should have as much fun as you want. This should be a joyful experience and you should take risks and you can take risks. Um, and you can push yourself to just kind of go, not, not even just go with the flow, but just like have fun in life. Like life is too short to not enjoy what you're doing. And so I guess that's what I learned about myself is that I can tend to be a little bit, you know, um, go with emotions and, and get, just get into the lost in the cog of, you know, just the, the normal work day, but to just have a little fun and bring a little magic into it. Um, because it's worth, it's worth it. Yeah. It's funny too, because God likes to have fun. Like if he's at the range of all of our, our emotions. And sometimes I think we take him too seriously. Like worship has to be like in church and I have to like raise my hands and if it doesn't go five minutes late, then did the spirit really move? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes the spirit like cut it off. Let's move on. Or, or, or like let's dance just because why not? Like, let's have fun. Like David danced or whatever. Like I totally agree with you. Um, I totally agree with you. Joy should be infused in everything that we do. I also love too, though, is that you could be feeling like garbage and you go up there and it's just one of those days and you're like, Oh, that was terrible. I'm terrible. And you get off the stage and somebody comes up to you and says, Sarah, I've never been so moved in my life. And it's just, it's amazing how even through our blahs that God can still work through us to reach someone else. Amen. That's the miracle of miracles, right? Is Mm. that it's, again, it's not all up to us. It's not all up to how we're feeling or our skill level or our abilities, whatever. Like as long as we are trying, I believe the best that we can to continue again, to submit ourselves to God and to put ourselves in his will. I mean, I think he'll take care of the rest. With the uh, the new album, I know one of those like favorite interview questions is like, what do you hope people will get out of your album? Um, but then, you know, like everyone's Ask different. that question, Holly. I'm curious. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I was like, I, 
you know, for people goal-oriented, maybe there was something on your heart that you were hoping that people would, would be able to pull from it, even though we know God can use things in different ways. But, you know, selfishly, you know, as someone's listening to it, what do you help them to experience? Mm. I hope that they, honestly, I hope that they are able to put themselves in the room. Um, mm. I hope that it makes them feel like they are in the room because I think that's what the best live uh, projects do is makes you feel like you're right there with them. Um, that's, that's really what I love about a live sound versus like a studio recording, even though both have the ability to do that, right. To set the stage and set the environment. But I feel like a live record has this like special quality to it because it is just this moment captured in the room. And, and this record, I really feel like puts you right there. And I hope that it just, um, makes people feel like they're a part of our little community, my little band community, and and really get to hear our heart behind these songs as we're performing them. You know, it's not just a performance. I really believe that what we did was prayed these songs um, through every single instrument. I mean, every single instrument uh, took the time, like every single person who played an instrument on this record took the time to sit with these songs and pray with these songs and and play through that prayer. And so I just hope that people experience that and feel like they're put in the room. I want to piggyback on that because I'm going to ask another one of those questions where you're like, oh, why are you asking me that question? Good. <laughs> London Session, which is out uh, April the 21st, yes. comes with seven songs in your yeah. EP. Do you have a favorite song? Mm. Or is it like, cause people always ask, you know, Holly and I both have two kids apiece and they're like, which one's your favorite? And I'm depends like, depends well, on the day. Depends on the day. <laughs> when it comes to you, do you, do you have a favorite song or is it kind of one of those things like picking your favorite child? It definitely is like picking your favorite child. I do think it, it depends on the day. Like you were saying, honestly, it depends on the day. Sometimes a song hits me differently than another day. Um, mm. I think honestly, the song that I, uh, I, connect with the most right now um, is a song that isn't mine and it's a cover song and it's not even a worship song. It's what a wonderful world. And everybody has asked me like, why did you do that song? It's not a worship song. It's not a, you know, it's not a song about God, blah, 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 blah. But, and I get that. I understand it's a secular song, but for me, it's one of those songs that always shifts my perspective and reminds me what to be grateful for. And it's mm -hmm. the little things, it's the big things, it's everything in between. It's the relationships that I have. It's the green coming back in the trees because it's spring here in Nashville. And it just makes my heart like come to life every day that I step outside and there's more green on the trees or there's more flowers blooming. It's just one of those songs that reminds me of the goodness in this world when it feels like this world is also falling apart and tearing mm. apart at the seams most days. Um, but there's also goodness to be found. And, and so that's really what that song is all about for me. That's why I put it in every single one of my sets. And that's why I wanted to record it on this project and kind of have its own special moment. So I would say right now it's what a wonderful world, but it's just really because that's the season of life that I'm in right now. I just need to be reminded of what to be grateful for. Yeah. It's a great song too, especially when there's that juxtaposition as to what's happening uh, in real world. I mean, I know there's been some very tragic incidences in Nashville of yeah. uh, the past mm. couple of weeks with the school yeah. shooting and yet um, God's still there with us and there are still things yeah. that we can 
you know, have our pain and grief coexist with gratitude and love. Yeah. I mean, it's the duality of life, right? And I think Mm -hmm. it's not something that we uh, talk a ton about, but it's all over scripture, you know, the good with the bad and holding both at the same time and, um, and the hard with, with the beautiful. It's, it's a strange part of life and it's a mystery. I don't think that we will understand this side of heaven, but it's one that we're, we're called to enter into. I mean, Jesus himself showed us literally by becoming man and entering into our mess. He could have easily come like Thor, you know, with like the power of yeah. the gods and just <laughs> come in and just like been this God, you know, this all powerful God. And yet he chose to come as a baby and enter into our mess. I think partly to show us that the way through the mess is the only way through it is through it. Right. Yeah. Like it, there's no, uh, shortcuts around it. There's no loopholes. It is through it. And it's walking through it with the Lord by our side and knowing that he has never left our side and that he is walking before us and making a way in the impossible seas that we see all the time. So I think that that's the hope of, of being a believer, honestly, even in this day and age is that we're not alone. New album is out on the 21st of April, the London session, seven songs. And she doesn't necessarily have a favorite because it's like picking your favorite child. SarahKroger.com <laughs> at S Kroger on the Insta, Sarah. This has been uh, so much fun. I'm uh, so thankful after 280 something episodes, you finally said yes. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. It's truly been a joy. You guys are awesome. And I will come back literally anytime. I would love yes. to. Okay, if Sarah didn't have a number one fan page, I'm now going to create one and be the head monitor of it. Nice. Nice. I It could be your calling, your next calling. I've been waiting for an opportunity to kind of, you know, try some new things out. And <laughs> I, I, not knowing what to expect. I mean, there were so many things that we could have dove into, but I really just love and And as she said it with new music that she's going to be releasing yeah. in the future, there's a new authenticity about her and that she's really trying, she's really paving her way and finding her voice. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I, I love her honesty in that because I think a lot of us are still in that process of finding mm. our voices and it is a wonderful journey to be on. It can be frustrating, but it's a journey that I hope never ends because I think with the more life experiences, your voice can change and you can speak into others' lives in a different way based on what you've gone through. Yeah, with her new album coming out in a, in a few weeks' time, April the 21st, we, we had a chance to get a sneak peek of it and it's kind of been on rotation in the background and I've just been there. All of a sudden you walk into my office and there's like this new sense, uh, this new presence into my office mm-hmm. and people are like, wow, it still smells, but there's a, <laughs> there's a great presence to it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I still have more questions for Sarah, so we'll have to have her back uh, another day. But I really appreciate her taking the time and and sharing about her life, her journey, her love for music, uh, and even some of the earlier years that were rough. Yeah, we keep saying we're going to bring people back. We have yet to have a repeat guest. That's true. So maybe she'll be our first. We'll see. Time will tell. Thank you to all the projectors who continually download, who are a part of our Why Me Project podcast community, whether you're following us on the socials, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, the YouTube, which we're trying to grow. You got to hit the like button and the follow button. It's a subscribe button, but that's fine. Oh. Subscribe and bell. See, that's why I'm failing. That's why yeah. I'm failing. Yeah. It's just a, a different platform. We're working yeah. on it, though. 
<laughs> we try our best, guys. This is why we need help with social media. <laughs> help us. Literally help us. Uh, and if all of that fails and we just confused you wildly, just go to faithstrongtoday.com for more. 